Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today we are covering The Conjuring 2, which we did The Conjuring, I think way back in 2020, or it's early 2021. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. There's a kid in it, so we're like, we're going to stick with the theme. There's a few kids in it. There's a few kids in it. <laughs> there's one possessed kid in it, but there's a I few guess kids this is like the most serious movie that we're doing this month. Uh, I think it is. I don't know. Poltergeist is fairly serious. It's hard for me yeah, to we're, take it seriously. We're gonna, we're gonna get to Poltergeist, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Poltergeist that next week? Yeah. But anyways, before we get into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. We are doing a repeat of last week. We're just bustling through our recordings. <laughs> But I am... would be severely overhydrated with these if we got a different cup of tea every single time. Yeah. But I am drinking the Rishi Lavender Mint, which if if you've never tried Rishi tea before, they are like spot on. Like they have like the the triangular shaped like tea bag, which like Gives it the best, like, flavor, and it's, like, loose-leaf tea. It's good. Anyways. Rishi! It's God. Just sponsor me. <laughs> sponsor us, Rishi. Uh, peppermint, sage, licorice fruit, lavender, and lavender extract. That one is really good, though. Like, it's a kind of a light flavor. Yeah, but you can taste, like, the tingle of the mint, and yes. it's relaxing with the lavender. It's very nice. So I am drinking the Republic of Teas, the Crown Princess Peach Bellini Tea. And it has black tea, natural peach, apricot or apricot, whichever you prefer, vanilla cream, and champagne flavors. Not actual champagne. It's not apple. Organic monk fruit and peach bits. <laughs> and for our tea sippers, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoyed the review. So for the summary... It's this uh, family in, I think they said... London. Was well, like Enfield or Enfield? Something like that, yeah. But yeah. it's in England. Yeah. And it's a, a single mother of three kids. Four. I'm pretty sure she had two boys and two girls. Okay, my brain just blocked out the... Which is crazy, because I've seen this movie multiple times. But anyways, um, the, they had... They have a haunting, and the the Warrens from The Conjuring 1 come and help them, and there's some twists and turns, and yeah. This one's pretty interesting, though, because, like, what the previous one is, like, just about, like, a witch that was causing mothers to, like, kill their children. Yeah, and, that one was fairly straightforward. But, like, this one... It starts off with, like, the old man being a ghost, and then you find out that it's actually, like, a demon that's using him as, like, the... To, to block... Yeah. Yeah. The Lorraine Warren, which is a cl clairvoyant in the movie, from, like, being able to sense the demon. 
Yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of got some twists on it this. It was one. sneaky. Sneaky. The demon was sneaky. sneaky. Yes. But anyways, for <laughs> for entertainment, this one is close to my heart because we've watched this movie a lot and so it's so many times. It's actually really. I was trying to think. Between The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, it's really hard which one I like better. Yeah. But I will, I think The Conjuring, the first one, is a little bit stronger of a movie. I think it's kind of stronger of a movie, but I actually think I like this one just a tad bit more by just like a hair. But it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I, I want to say I rated the original Conjuring an 8. And this one I'm rating a 7.75. Like, it's very difficult. It, this is one of those movies that it's a go-to movie for me. I've uh, When I feel like watching a scary movie, I want to watch this one. I will choose The Conjuring over this one because I feel like the, the first Conjuring movie, the scares are a little bit stronger. Like, especially, like, the clap scene. and. Oh like, they have a lot stronger of, like, build up and scare you. I hated the wardrobe scene. Yes. Well, in, in in that movie, there wasn't really any scary scenes that come to mind that, like, I laughed while this one. <laughs> there's, like, one or... Well, there's for sure one, but there's... Uh, I think there's another one, too, that, like, I laugh. And so it's like, if I'm laughing from a scare, that already makes it less of a scary movie for yeah, me. Yeah, that's fair. That movie does, just like the first one, does a great job fleshing out the characters and the family dynamics before it really hits and starts showing you the scares. Like, you really get a feeling for their relationships with each other. But yeah, it's not quite as strong as The First Conjuring um, in that aspect, though. But still, like, compared to other horror movies, like, a very strong part of the movie is the <laughs> character growth that they give and the, the fleshing out of the characters and making yeah. them feel tangible. Which makes sense because it is supposedly based on a on a true story, but yeah, they can get away with a lot when they say based on a true story. Yeah, that that's a very loose term. Oh yeah, but that could explain since they have people that they can look to. Yeah, that might... I love it at the end when they put in the the different snippets of the recordings too. And yeah, and the then pictures. show the original picture. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. One thing I didn't enjoy though was how dark the overall movie was. It's like if you're not in like a theater room where it's like pitch black and it's the screen, if there's any level of glare in the room or light, you're just like, I can't see! <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, which I think for James Wan films and and other horror films too, that seems to be pretty common nowadays. Yeah, which I, unfortunately. I hate. It drives me nuts. It, it makes it less scary, honestly. Yeah, if you can't see what's going on, you can't really like, get cool. scared by There's it. Some sort of spoopy-ish sounds going on, I guess. I'm supposed to be kind of creepy. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not even asking for, like, that much lighter, but it, it it's apparent that they're, like, they're saturating it to where, like, the dark is, like, mm -hmm. pitch dark. And, yeah, maybe do it in a scene here or there to, like, create a scare, but don't... Yeah. It, it's just... the contrast just a little bit. Yeah. Like, let your audience actually know what's kind of going on. Even if you just see more, like, movement than actual shapes or anything, that still helps. 
Yeah, like I'm trying to think of a, a, a recent movie, a more recent horror movie where they like keep it a bit brighter but still scary. Lights out. Yeah, lights out. I think even Annabelle Creation. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the same and that's a that's a really good yes. scary movie. But yeah, just too dark. Make it less dark, just please. Up the contrast just a bit. Just please. <laughs> the scares for the most part, uh, I love the buildup that they give them. Though a few jump scares were predictable and some of the payoffs just rather than being scary just made you laugh like yeah. First, the, the mirror jump scare in the beginning of the movie with Lorraine when she's looking and sees the, the nun and she looks back. It's like, you know the nun's going to pop up. Like, it, But at that, that point in time, since you're expecting it, it's not really that scary. It still kind of creeps me out, but I also have a thing about mirrors, so take that with well, a salt. <laughs> I'll say, like, whenever she's uh, seeing the nun in the mirror and she looks back and sees nothing, that's creepy. But it's the part where it's like, she's like, oh, I'm going to keep looking back and forth. And then it's like, this is predictable. But the part that made me laugh is the... Was it the Crooked Man? No, though that is another one that I'm like, "Mm, I feel like they could have done that differently. But the Nen scene with the painting, where it's like, it's the... It was doing so good. Yeah, the buildup is so good. Like, especially, like, the figure. And you're like, what the hell? It was doing great, even with the fingers curling around yeah, it. Yeah, but then it's like, then they lost it. <laughs> yeah. Then they lost. <laughs> you know, with the mouth of the painting, oh the God. that is coming towards her. <laughs> like, even when we very first saw the movie, we were laughing <laughs> when that's Like, we were genuinely creeped out before then. And then when it started running at her with that face, then we just... Yeah, that was... That's when it lost us. That like, was so stupid. <laughs> you could have chosen so many different things there. Yeah, but I mean, I will say that the scares, for the most part... I mean, there are some that are, like, very cookie-cutter typical scares, but they are trying different things to try and make the scares different. Like, with the, the painting one. With the painting one. But, yeah, just, like... For me, I do feel like this movie very much stands on its own aside from the first Conjuring. But, you know, knowing that they they are connected in the same universe and they're done by the same people, I have to say I still feel like this is a slightly weaker movie because of the fact that the scares are less strong. But I do, I very much appreciate the fact that they didn't try and give us a cookie cutter of the first movie. Yeah. Like, they, they tried different... They tried to build on it a little bit. Yeah, they tried to vary the scares, and for the most part, they pay off. And I really also like... Well, it's like... On the one hand, I, I really like how they build up the movie and stuff like that. But on the other hand, I think it would have been kind of interesting if they tried to keep it more of a mystery of if what she's experiencing is actually a haunting or she's faking it but that's that's just kind of my opinion but i don't feel like that takes away from the movie at all like i like what they did with the with, yeah. with the current movie absolutely i do feel like the other one was probably just a little bit scarier yeah but this well, one yeah. i feel like i had a bit more fun watching 
So I think that's why I enjoyed it just a little bit more. I did like some of the comedy moments, like whenever <laughs> Ed picks up the camera and he's like, this is so obligatory joke there of dating when it's supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> so light. I also absolutely adore the scene where he's impersonating Elvis. Yeah, that's a, I love that scene. He's trying to bring some kind of normalcy and fun and lightheartedness back to the kids because they've really been missing that. They've all been super stressed and upset and just completely lost over everything yeah. going on. Their dad left. So they're having some abandonment issues. It's been rough on their mom. They can see that. She's struggling to keep everything together and try to give the kids what they need. But it's hard. Like, props to all the single parents out there. Seriously. But she has, I think, four kids. <laughs> That's a lot of kids! Yeah, like, this movie definitely has a lot more dynamic scenes. Yes. I, I forgot to mention the one thing that I was like, uh, this is kind of making it hurt, is I feel like they push the, the romance between Ed and Lorraine, like, slightly too hard. Like, I really like the relationship that they create in both of the Conjuring movies, because obviously they have a very strong relationship at that time. But, I don't know, I just feel like it just felt a little bit too forced in this I one. I didn't get that. But Honestly, I actually loved it. But I like the different dynamics that yeah. they gave it. And I love the chemistry between those two characters. Yeah, too. yeah. Like, those two actors do a really great job together, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, like, their relationship feels very believable. Yes, absolutely. So I, I like the blend of subtle scares versus jump scares. I wish they had just a little bit less jump scares, especially the loud ones. We don't need the loud noise, I promise you. <laughs> it has its place now and then, but on the whole, we don't really need the loud noise for the jump scare. If it's suddenly there without any noise, I feel like that's even scarier. But, like, the subtle things, like, when, I think it was Billy, gets up in the middle of the night, and he goes and gets a drink, and he's on the stairs, you can see the silhouette of the, the guy, the ghost guy, Bill Wilkins. And then with the the toy fire truck, oh. Yeah. That, oh, that was freaky. They have some good, good freaky scenes. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. Hate that. <laughs> Or, yeah, I like the the one with uh, Ed trying to help with the plumbing. And yes. the mom thinks she sees something, but she's not sure. And you're just like, see it! See it! It's there! It's there! there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe call out. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a heads up. Uh. <laughs> I, I also love the scene with the police. When the chair moves, like, they're trying to figure out what's going on and be like, okay, these people are really freaked out. They're stressed. There's obviously something going on. Let's see if we can at least answer some of their questions yeah, so they can to do get their back job. to sleep. Yeah. And they're genuinely trying to help the family. And they hear what sounds like something scurrying in the walls and all, which obviously is not a mouse. Like, at the smallest, it'd be a raccoon. Like, but then the chair moves and the police are just like, it, I love how it cuts. 
And the police are just like, nah, F that. You're on your own. Sorry, we can't do anything about that. We're not equipped for ghosts. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I think with The Conjuring, though, I feel like this one's a little bit funnier. A little bit, But, yeah, yeah I like all of the, like, they do the scares really well, but mm-hmm. the, the comedy really well. And it's a just, lot of the comedy yeah. is relatable. Yeah. Which makes it funnier. Yeah. <laughs> So I really appreciate that. They do have those silly scenes, though, with the painting running after her and the crooked man before becomes Janet. Like, when it's actually Janet in the hall, then it gets back to actually kind of creepy. But when it's the crooked man itself, like, I, I feel like it was the effects that they used for him was just pretty done better with that. <laughs> Yeah, like, the CG was good, but it's like, you can just tell with CG that's not yeah. physically there, and it it gives you a different feel. Like, it just doesn't... I feel like part of it was, like, the texture was off, but also it was a little... That was one of the few scenes where it was a little too bright. You could see him too well. Yeah. So. Yeah. <sighs> so, they could have tweaked that, and it would have been a, a lot stronger of a scene... But, um, as it was, it kind of felt a little short. I do like other effects that they have, like Bill Wilkins being blurry and out of frame when Ed is talking to him. Yeah, I love that. And the setup for help, it won't let me go. Yeah, that was so cool. That was cool. That was really cool. I thought it was kind of weird the first time we saw it. Like, when you heard the, the yeah, individual like, snippets, you're like, that seems off, that seems like it's missing something. And then when they put it together, you're like, I knew it was missing something! <laughs> this is great! <laughs> so I really like that setup. That was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also like that in both movies, they try to debunk things first. Like, they don't go straight into, this is a haunting, we need to figure out what it is so we can get rid of it. It's, these people are scared, let's see if we can find some kind of reasonable explanation and rule out anything normal before we jump straight into, okay, yeah, there's something supernatural going on here. Yeah, like with the the first Conjuring movie, I feel like it leaned a little bit more heavily on that. On this one, since a news crew and stuff had been a part of it yeah. and kind of like proven the haunting, I feel like the Warrens were more focused on, okay, we we believe something's going on, but we have to prove it for the church, because otherwise yeah. they won't, like, interfere. Yeah, a lot of the stuff in this movie that they were trying to debunk, it was more psychological yeah. than physical. In the first one, they focused more on the physical. Yeah. So, But I, they still went in with that mindset, and I really appreciate it. And they heard both sides. So they heard the the child psychologist lady's side of it and her skeptic beliefs and things. And then they also talked to the other journalist guy, I guess. I don't know. He was was doing some kind of documentary or something on it. Yeah. I don't know. He, some kind of investigator or journalist or something, dude. But he was like heavily like, this is... 100% something is weird going on here. This is not normal. So they listened to both Mm -hmm. and tried to understand from both sides, okay, what could actually be going on? Is she faking some of it? Or is all of it supernatural? Or what's actually happening? Yeah. What can we do to help? 
I like that they're like, okay, she could be faking some of it, but if she's really faking all of it, like, yes. they were doing it situation by situation rather than, like, as a whole. Exactly. Because exactly. I know the one skeptic lady, she's like, oh, that proves that the whole thing yeah. is debunked. While they're like, wait a minute. I mean, it's one incident, but the fact that that one incident was on tape, of course, kind of yeah. makes it hard for them to help the family. Yeah. So, and we'll get more into that in realism. But, <laughs> you know, it was nice that they viewed it situationally instead of as a whole. Yeah. I do like the little touches that they have in these movies, too. The first two movies, especially, in the small details. So, like, Volok being in the background four times. At least that I saw. And I looked it up online, and most people are saying three to four. So I think that it was four total. I don't think I missed any. If you found any extras, let me know. <laughs> Let us know in the comments if you found more than four in the background of the movie where it says a bollock in their house. So. <laughs> but that was a nice touch. And also having the crucifix closest to Volok being upside down and slightly askew when every other one in the room was normal. Mm -hmm. So it was just the one that was closest to it that was just off. It was a nice little touch there. Yeah. So I had originally given it a 3.5, but I'm thinking now that's a little bit too harsh. So I think I'm going to give it a 4. It's like, for the most part, it's pretty realistic. Like the dynamics with the family. Like especially, I love the fact that they had the scene with the girl that's getting possessed. Mm -hmm. Holding the cigarette and getting in trouble. Janet. Janet, thank you. I should have remembered that. But, <laughs> I just said it a couple minutes ago. <laughs> But her holding the cigarette and the dynamics with, like, the mom being stressed yes. and just immediately jumping on her, but then them uh, reconciling later. Like, the they're just so strong on their relationships with this movie. And as mm -hmm. you said, like, the little details, like, this is, like, they took care in this movie. They did. They really did. You can really tell. But, yeah, like, with the, the film crew and all of that, I feel like it would be pretty realistic for the news to be interested in wanting to, like, figure out what's happening. Mm -hmm. and see it being sensationalized, too. Yeah, and maybe, like, I can picture the well-rounded where you have the people that want to believe, mm -hmm. you have the people that are really skeptical, but then you have the people that don't really give a crap. They just want to cash in mm -hmm. on the sensationalism. So yeah, I put uh, skeptics trying to prove it a hoax. That's obviously pretty realistic. But yeah, it's like in the first half, there's not really anything too unrealistic that stuck out. More the the one that I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if I believe that is when Ed is in the basement trying to get through the floor to get to Janet mm -hmm. and Lorraine is like crying out for him Vic comes with an axe, and in my mind, I'm like, it would make sense to hit an axe where the where roughly the door handle is, so that way you can push open the door once you, like, cut around that. But no, yeah. he's hitting in the middle of the door. Well, that's just him being an idiot. I would say either there or the hinges, so you can just bust the thing open. But Yeah. But, so I feel like that was kind of dumb. Um, and uh, He was panicking. Yeah, I mean, in a realistic sense, if you don't know, sure. But it's like, I don't know. Like, logically speaking, 
I would feel like someone would be like, oh, I'm trying to get in. I should get around the... Well, I also feel like he was a big dude. Like, I feel like he could have kicked the door open. Yeah, because it wasn't... I know, just like, older homes have better, heavier doors, but... Yeah, it's like the the home wasn't that well kept up with, and so the door would probably give after a bit. Well, I mean, Ed went through the floor fairly easily, and it was like sagging pretty... I feel like there was some rot there. Like, there was a problem. He went through that floor a little too easy. Yeah. But yeah, it's like overall a pretty realistic movie... Really, the the biggest thing that I was like, was the romance between Ed and Lorraine. Just because I got, like, the notebook vibes of, like, romance intensity, but... I didn't quite get that Because it's like, it, it's not, like, picturing just the scenes themselves, it just seems, like, slightly exaggerated. It's, like, people very in love. But they even have, they even, like, turn the music differently. They they changed the lighting. Like, they just did the whole thing to just, like, I don't know. It just kind of made me feel, it, I just, it, maybe it's just my personal opinion, but I just feel like they pushed the romance a little bit too hard. I just kind of wish they would have backed off a little bit on that. Like, I like the, f- I like the fact that build up from the very first story with the Amityville house, how uh, she initially met Valak, and then it led to the movie. Like, that's interesting. That was different than the first Conjuring, where it's like Annabelle was a very isolated, different story. But, so I, I think what happened is it was them trying to lead through the Valak story all the way through, mm-hmm. and how, like, Lorraine was afraid that Ed was going to get killed by this demon, stuff like that. Well, she had seen it multiple times at that point, so yeah. she was desperate to, to keep him safe. Yeah, so it's like I think it was just like them trying to pull that story through, but for me, I interpreted some of that as a little bit too pushy on the, the romance. But like I said, personal opinion. That's just what how I felt. Yeah, I, I loved it and thought it was good there. I had no complaints about that. <laughs> But I do give it a 3.5. Damn it! <laughs> I should have stuck with my original rating. Which, I, I get where you're coming from. I do. I really do. But there are just some things that were a little off. Like her teleporting and all. And I get supernatural entity, demon, ghost, whatever. But the jump rope that was tied around her wrist went with her, so it's, like, still keeping her there, but it's, I don't know, it just seemed weird. Yeah. And off. But I did like that scene, the fact that she's like, I'm going to tie myself so I know yeah. I can't move, and then it's like, ha I can't still move you. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> yeah, so you thought. Yeah, and it would have been fine, like, that one scene where she was just out of bed... And it pulled her back to the bed. That that I get. That was fine. But when she teleported to, like, the underside, to, like, the ceiling of the the room below, and it was still attached to her, I'm like, okay, no. <laughs> With the rope, no. Like, if she had teleported out of the rope, okay, fine. I would have given it a pass then. Still, I'm pretty stretching the limit there. But the rope thing is what got me. <laughs> 
Um, I did like the care and detail that they took on like showing what the family was seeing versus yes. the the side that the Warrens and the news crew were seeing. Absolutely, because because you can never get it on film. <laughs> yeah, because it's like if you pay attention, like. Oh, well, I'll, I'll do it whenever I do the wrap-up, but the attention to detail on, like, when you're paying attention to what they're seeing versus the family's seeing is that you can totally see why they're like, well, I'm not 100% convinced. Yes. And there's a lot of things in life that are like that, too. Like, people, oftentimes, like, you're experiencing something and nobody else is really seeing it. So it's hard to relate to others and it's hard to tell them this is legit what I'm going through but it's hard to get that evidence and it's hard to get people to believe you when they're not seeing it too mm-hmm. so a lighter explanation of this is when this little one is dancing the freaking lobata and I can see my belly move she's kicking so much and as soon as soon as someone comes over to look or to feel, she stops. That's how. Well, and then that's uh, how it is, isn't it? <laughs> or a more like a general example, like if you have a, a pet and they're doing something yes. super cute, and you're like, "Come here, come here, come here," and then they immediately like, or you're trying to take a picture of your yes. pet doing something cute, and they're as like, soon as you bring out a camera or someone else is there to witness it, they don't do the thing. Yeah, <laughs> Every I, time. Yeah, I feel Every like <laughs> almost everyone can relate to a situation like that, where you're yes. trying to take a picture of the thing, and then the thing stops, and you're like, ah! Or when your car's making a noise, and then you take it to the mechanic. Yes! That happens to me all the time! <laughs> Every time! Oh! <laughs> and then as soon as you get it back from the mechanic, it starts doing it again! Yes. <laughs> Without <Yeah>. fail. <laughs> so that was fairly relatable. <laughs> Again, I feel like the Crooked Man could have been better. I feel like if they had used it more as shadows and things and thumping around and you catch glimpses of what you think is the Crooked Man and then it ends up being Janet coming around the corner, I feel like that would have made it a lot stronger. Yeah, because like the, the lead up to the Crooked Man is really creepy, but then once you can see him in his entirety, you're just like, oh. Like the way he moved was creepy, but like... The way that he... I didn't like the way that they did his head Yeah, it was mostly the animation. Yeah. I just... It was largely the animation. So... I feel like they could have done better with that. It takes you out of the movie. And that would have been great for practical effects. Like, have someone on stilts. Yes. And, like, make them... Do the backwards thing where you do it, like... Oh, my God. With the bones cracking kind of noise. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, like... That would have made it so much freakier. (laughs) But the interactions between the characters was really great. I love that through all of it, the the thing that kept bothering Janet was her mom didn't believe her about the cigarette. Yeah. (laughs) Like, all this other stressful stuff is happening, but it's that one thing that's like, you know, if you believe me about nothing else, just believe this, please. <laughs> like, I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> and that is, I mean, it's more of a child mindset kind of thing, but it's its real. <laughs> it's real and it's believable. <laughs> so that was really nice. And I'm glad that they were able to reconcile on that scene. That made me feel really good. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's got a lot. 
lot of sweet moments. Yes. I love that there are people that try to help. So like the, the close neighbors that are really good friends that are trying to help out by having the kids sleep over there and they're trying to take over a little bit of the burden so that the mom can really focus on Janet who's having the hardest time. Mm -hmm. And the kids are having, the other kids are having a hard time too. Yeah. They're essentially losing their sister and their mom after they just lost their dad. They're in an unfamiliar place. They're so confused about everything that's going on. They're scared for their sister. They're scared for what's going to happen. And it's a lot to deal with, not just for Janet and the mom, but for the the siblings too. Yeah, it's like even though it's obviously very hard on Janet, Mm -hmm. it's hard for the family as a whole. Yes. So it's really nice to see that there are other people that are willing to help and that aren't really judging. They're just trying to do whatever they can to make the situation a little bit easier for their friends. And Ed with the, the guitar trying to sing for them and bring a little bit of, of smiles and laughter to them to, to help alleviate some of the darkness that's been there. So I, I really like those interactions there and that they bring that in. Again, the fact that they try to debunk certain things first or find reasonable explanations because they go into it with the mindset of, yeah, there might be something supernatural here, but not all of it might be supernatural. There might be other factors that are making it seem like it's worse than it is. So they go in and try to figure out, okay, what's actually going on? What can we do to help? What evidence can we gather? How can we present it so that they can get the help that they need? And then when she causes that scene, Janet causes that scene in the kitchen, right in front of the camera, the one place. (laughs) And she was told to do it, of course, she was forced to do it to try to protect her family. It does make it extremely difficult for Ed and Lorraine to convince the church that something is going on. Yep. So that was a a good touch there, and it leads into the whole help it won't let me go scene. That was really good. Yeah. Really good setup. I did have an issue with him being able to get the timing right right away on the recordings. I feel like that would have taken a couple of tries. (laughs) But still, that was a really good scene. I really enjoyed it. It was really cool how they brought that in. And they, they started that a lot further back, so really nice there. It was fun, but it just seemed a little, a little off. I feel like the train probably would have started going by then <laughs> also. It depends. Like, they were able to stow all their stuff, figure out all of that, get the recordings done in one, and then be like, we need to stop What's-His-Face from leaving. We need to get a ride back. I feel like that guy would have probably also have left before they could have caught him, and they probably would have had to have gotten a taxi. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But that's just me. Unless the guy was just really upset and just having a moment in the parking lot before going back. <laughs> also, the lack of jet lag was also one of the biggest things to me. I'm like, that's at least a five hour difference. <laughs> So, like, I looked up where, where, what state they lived in and did the calculation. Oh my god. So it was about five hour difference. Which, I know it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it really is. 
And travel sucks. <laughs> Especially on a plane like that, big long flights. They suck. Yeah, I know whenever I went to Europe, is about an 18-hour plane ride. See, ew. And, you know, like back it's a then... difference time zone-wise, but, yeah, the flight usually goes the opposite way just because of how the world's turning and all, so... Well, and then plus, like, ew. back then, I, I think it's within the realm of possibility that the planes back then were a little bit slower. Yeah, they weren't as efficient, mostly. So it might have been longer than 18 God, hours. Can you imagine? No, thank you. Yeah, you just, you figure out how to sleep. And if you don't, if they don't have a straight shot there, then they're making all these other connecting flights too, which is just a pain and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. And thankfully, movie magic made them get there immediately. But but the fact that they weren't just completely dead by the time they got there... (laughs) And then dealing with jet lag. They're like sallowed out. They're just like, oh. <laughs> just let me sleep for a day or two before we go see this poor family. <laughs> so, but that's just me. And I know some people do better with travel than others, but I feel like that was just a little... It wasn't just like an hour or two drive or a short jump in a a plane over. No, it was, that was some travel there. (laughs) That was some time. So, hmm. With all the water down in the basement, I feel like she would have been a lot more concerned about water damage (laughs) and trying to get some of that out and fixed and taken care of. And I know she was really tight on money and all, but I mean, the the neighbor seemed handy enough that he could have at least stopped the leak. Yeah. And then she could work on, you know, hey, kids, grab a bucket. (laughs) We're going to get rid of some of this water. Well, it also looked like, though, the house was supported on top. So it's like all beneath was like stone and like dirt. So it's like, yeah, it, it's definitely, like, I feel like she wasn't as pressed to take care of it, though, to be fair, she was under a lot of stress. Yeah. But I don't think, it's not like, like, having water stuck in your house on the foundation where it's, like, slowly eating at the wood. Like, there wasn't... Yeah, like, I was worried about stuff, the but, wood, but I'm worried also about the mold. Yeah. Like, that that's a problem. And with a bunch of kids there and yourself... You're the only one to take care of those kids. If you get sick, then you're all kind of screwed. <laughs> so, I'd imagine that would the moisture would also accelerate yes. the rotting of the wood floor on top. Exactly. So yeah, I feel like they would. I see. It's like whenever it started, it was right before the haunting stuff. So I took it as she was so distracted on just making sure her daughter was safe that she was just like, you know, I'll deal with this. This is a waste of my worries, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, overall, I feel like this is a very strong horror movie. They they pay attention to detail and bring light to... They flesh out characters and relationships in ways that not a lot of horror movies do. I, I feel like James Wan with, the, with like Insidious and stuff like that, he is pretty good at... Uh, so it's like, I feel like this one in particular and the maybe the previous Conjuring... 
is the the stronger movies to show like attention to yes. detail, but like fleshing out the characters and making them feel tangible is also a pretty strong point in the Insidious movies as well. But yeah, it's like for me, it's not quite as good as The Conjuring because of the the flaws that we mentioned with some of the the jump scares and how they did the jump scares. But overall. This is a very strong horror movie for me, and I will continue to go back. And this also doesn't have any dog death. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, it's like, I feel like the the previous Conjuring movie is your more conventional haunted house, with yes. like a, turned it up a few notches, while this one is more of a, a ref, more refreshing look yeah. at a haunting. So, but... Thank you so much for joining us today, and please comment on what you thought of the movie. If you'd like to recommend a movie, game, or tea, and keep up to date with our content, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Discord, and most places you listen to podcasts. All the things. All the places. (laughs) And if you'd like to support the podcast, please like, subscribe, and share our content. And if you'd like to support us monetarily, we do have our Teespring available, or our PayPal donate button. We have our lovely merch mugs and clothing and wall art. Well, I guess this isn't for sale, but that was exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the sites mentioned will be linked down below. And until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spooky. Bye. Bye.